Stand by to receive our transmission. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to the Bama Geeks Podcast. We're four friends diving into our favorite pop culture topics with a dash of Southern charm. Right, we have the tools, we have the talent. It's Miller time. Whoa, this is heavy. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Wait, what? Crazy? You didn't say I was crazy. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. You want something done, you've got to do it yourself. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! So grab your biscuits and gravy, a glass of sweet tea, and enjoy the nerdy hospitality of Brock and Jessica Parker, Bo Bearden, and Kevin Gardner. This is the way. This is the way. And howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome in to the next episode, episode five of the... I almost said Alabama Ghostbusters podcast. It's been a few years since we've done that. <laughs> Welcome to the Bama Geeks podcast. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I'm Brock Parker. While I get, oh, I just smacked my microphone too. I'm leaving every bit of that in. Uh, <laughs> we're starting off on a very big bang. Oh, you guys introduce yourselves, please. What's up, y'all? It's Jess. What's up? It's Kevin. Greetings and salutations. It is I, Bo. And again, I'm Brock Parker. That I just <laughs> we've had a weekend. It's been very tiring. My teenage daughter decided last night, after knowing we had to get up at seven this morning, kept me up till after one o'clock. And I'm old, so yeah, I'm 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 running on fumes for this episode. But hey, we're glad to be here. We are so happy that you are here joining us, and we're just gonna shoot the breeze on some stuff. The mama of the group got to celebrate Mother's Day. And immediately after, got to celebrate her birthday. Tell us all about it. Oh, thank you. I uh, I had a great uh, Mother's Day into my birthday weekend. I had to work on my birthday, so we tried to make the most of the weekend before that because I was going to be a late night on a Monday, as it always is at my job. So we got uh, got some nice, lovely gifts from my husband for my Mother's Day and my birthday. I the calendar just happened to fall that way this year. And it's kind of like the people that have a birthday so close to Christmas. Double dose of gifts for me. And as always, Brock just knocks it right out of the park with his choice of gifts. I'm always pleasantly surprised to see what I'm going to unwrap every time he gives me a present. That is his love language, and he is phenomenal at it. Yeah, I get it from my mom. My mom was the same way. So the Mother's Day present he was really worried about. I don't well, worried or more uh, it was more you felt uh, it was going to be it's, weird. It's, yeah, it you know, mothers normally get flowers or something frilly, <laughs> something pretty. I, that's not the direction I went this year. I unwrapped the Razor Crest Lego set for Mother's Day this year along with a uh, Grogu Hot Wheels uh what do you want to call it? Really I mean, rolls? No, <laughs> he really he really floats. Oh, he really floats. He's, yeah, on he a stand. stands on a little stand and makes it look like he's he's floating. Oh, that's um, very cool. Oh yeah, it was in perfect. He's for in my his desk. pram. In the pram, yes, and uh, fits great on my desk. But I'm not saying surprised in a bad way. But I was surprised about the Lego set. Was not expecting that. 
Brock likes to, as he says, he gets me gifts that I probably wouldn't go buy for myself, which is to me is great. I can go ahead and tell you that the Lego uh, Razor Crest has been completed. I have completed the build on that. May I say, though, if anyone's who had seen season two, but at least really it could have been easy for you. You should have just left it in pieces. Exactly. Season finale of episode two. All all you pull out of it is the little ball and spear. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Sorry, spoilers. But I really did enjoy building it. And it's got me eyeballing other Lego sets like the flower set. And now they have a bonsai tree set, which looks pretty awesome. Yeah, that is cool. So I, I've got to, I've kind of come to the realization that I, I like jigsaw puzzles and I like to put those together, but once they're together, what do you do? You can glue it and save it, mm-hmm. or you can just take it apart and try to do it again. But I'm really, I've never had a problem building Lego sets before. I've built a ton of them for my son in the past. So Jessica mentioned using the almighty crackle. The oh. crackle. <laughs> She's using the almighty crackle on the pieces. <laughs> well, you know, you can get the bonsai tree, and when we go to Fanboy Expo, have William Zabka sign it. Oh, man. Or if they, if, if they can get Ralph Macchio. Oh, if I could get Ralph Macchio to sign a Lego bonsai tree. That'd be great. That would Just be make like sure that you don't say bonsai. Of- you say bonsai to him. Yeah. That's the way he says it, bonsai. Oh, that's that's <laughs> a good thought. If he ever gets around to a convention and I get one, Man, have to make that happen. Carrying around Lego set bonsai tree, <laughs> <laughs> and then for my birthday. Um, <laughs> so, needless to say, very surprised. Would have never, ever imagined unwrapping this either. So we get up early Monday morning, and he hands me two boxes, which are pretty big in size. So I was like, okay, well, cool. And the first one that I unwrapped was the Macho Man Slim Jim holder that I saw while we were about a, was about a year? Last summer. Last summer. Yeah, almost about a year ago. Uh, We were, we were down in Florida visiting some friends and we stopped in at a gas station and I, I saw this Macho Man Slim Jim holder sitting on the counter and it was just never seen one before. It was the neatest thing, and after I left, I, I told Brock, I said, I wonder if that guy would have sold that to us. I wonder wonder if we could have bought that, and it was on my mind the rest of the day after seeing that. I went on eBay and looked at them, and <laughs> some of them were, some people were really proud of it, so I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, well, it's nice. I'll just keep looking, and, and maybe one day we'll come across one. Well, I just happened to open up one on my birthday. Yep, it was it was new, unused, and I found it on Mercari, mm-hmm. and because yeah, the, the eBay prices are stupid on those things. Yeah, but I found one on Mercari, and the girl was offering a screaming deal, <laughs> and had the uh, you know make an offer option turned on. So I made an offer to get it even lower, and she's like, "Yeah, sure." I'm like, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because yes. one of the Present. first things I said to Brock is, "Please don't tell me you paid." What mm. they were going, what they were asking for this thing on eBay. Please don't tell me you did that. There's so. a reason it took almost a year for you to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Patience, grasshopper. <laughs> and uh, so the second gift, open up and I, I see this red velvet thing, and it's like looks like it has legs, and and my <laughs> can't can't even begin to figure out what in the heck is in this box. What's in the box? So I open it, pull it out. 
And I'm just this this red velvet with this Shawn Michaels logo on it. And it's still not registering in my brain what this is. I'm looking at this the covering. Yeah. She's like, oh, this this, this is nice. It's just a big, long <laughs> piece of velvet yeah, with a- the Shawn Michaels Heartbreak Kid logo on it. Yeah. And so I flip. Oh, there's a zipper on the back. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's just unzip this. And there is a WWE championship belt that is personalized for Shawn Michaels. The old winged the, eagle. Yeah, the early 90s, yes. winged eagle, late 80s, early 90s winged eagle, man. Mm-hmm. Yes. The girlhood dream had come true. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got down on my knees and held it. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, now the, the, just... <laughs> you're going to recreate that at least some way. <laughs> well, I did try to recreate the pose picture. We we took a couple of pictures, but mm-hmm. yeah, this didn't. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll definitely retake them, but yeah, the the belt, the the belt is just something I I didn't know existed and i saw it and i'm just like oh me neither didn't know that these are out there they have a couple of theme belts like that they Mm -hmm. have like an undertake one they have a they have a uh a purple uh razor ramon intercontinental title Mm -hmm. and i think they have intercontinental title macho man title so they have a couple of them Mm. they're really neat okay i just happen to be looking through wwe's website which i never go to for some reason i clicked on it and i was like let's just see what they're selling (laughs) <laughs> and you know, sold the old couple of the old Stone Cold Steve Austin belts and everything. And then there was the Shawn Michaels belt, and I'm like, "Ooh, really?" <laughs> so started putting some pennies aside for that, and was able to, to to snag it for her just in time for her birthday. That's my good natured hubby. Well, you catch so much flack from our friend Ryan from the uh, from Toy Anxiety and Yes Have Some podcast. Ryan <laughs> Ryan has zeroed in on Jess and the fact that she snuck a kiss years ago from, from Shawn Michaels. So that gets brought up an awful lot, <laughs> an awful lot. And so uh, yeah, Ryan, I, I decided just to play into it and like, okay, you know what? Here's the belt. And I absolutely love it. We, I never, like I said, never knew these were out there. And now I own one and it is proudly displayed in one of our little cases here in the living room. He made me a, a spot in the display case for it. That's awesome. So, yeah, we're uh, playing into Ryan Dole's fanfic yet again. Well, playing into <laughs> your Shawn Michaels love, too. <laughs> which, speaking of which, the A&E biography tonight is about Shawn Michaels. So, Ooh. yes. Yeah, we'll finish this and I'll sit here and just clean up the drool off the couch later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he is a sexy boy. Yeah, he's not your boy, boy toy. There you go. <laughs> he's not your boy toy. <laughs> boy toy. <laughs> but, uh, overall, right. I, it was a it was a lovely Mother's Day. It was a lovely birthday. Not as much of a um, exciting as medieval times or whatnot, but still very low key and very nice. So. Oh, and and speaking of medieval times, we talked on the last episode about mm-hmm. our buddy Joe, uh, who is you know the. One of the announcers there is he's riding around on horseback. Congratulations to him and oh, his yes. brand new fiance. Woo! They uh, so. they got engaged over this weekend uh, at medieval times. Yep. Joe got down on one knee in his uh, his knightly garb. Yep. They had all the fanfare to go along with it, yep. too. Had the other knights around him and all the other people from medieval times. And Kevin, he got engaged in the red knight section. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so did they? So so is this between the the section where they're talking about 
uh, the, the the princess or the queen or whatever's talking about her stuff or the, the part where they're talking about the oranges. No, it uh, it actually wasn't during the show. <laughs> oh, it wasn't. Yeah. Okay, it looked, it, looked, it looked like it was before the show, either before or after the show. It was one of the two. But yeah, he's still he's he's in his garb, and mm-hmm. they got a couple of horses out there, and and the knights and and everything. He yeah, he posted a video of it uh, yesterday, I think. Mm-hmm. Yesterday yeah. today, my days are running yeah. together. Yesterday it was yesterday. Well, congratulations, Ben. Yeah. yeah, man. I was like, oh look, it's Kevin Section. He got got engaged in Kevin Section. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they they seem extremely happy. We haven't met his fiance. I hope hope we can do that soon. We we did we talked to her briefly at uh the uh Days of the Dead. We got to talk to him in kind of in passing, not really not not long, but we did talk to him. Oh man. You're okay. expecting me to remember a year and a half ago almost. <laughs> <laughs> but super That's happy. That's what you got both for, man. Yeah, Bo exactly. For you. If gotta, it's something like nonchalant, not unimportant and my wife didn't tell me to remember it, I'll remember. It. <laughs> wife tells me to remember. It. <laughs> <laughs> I need your I need your young man brain to remember these things. <laughs> Younger than mine. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess Bo technically you're the youngest person here. He is. Yeah, you are. Technically, I guess so. I am the baby of the group. You are the yeah. youngin. He's wearing a, a teenage mutant ninja turtles shirt, and he really Which needs I, the one that says, "I yes, I'm in my 40s." In that yeah, that, that's, yeah. I need I need that one. I remember they had the one for the thirties. I guess they need to make one for forties because all they the did. kids are now. In our they, did. they did. I saw it like a week or two mm-hmm. ago somewhere online. Yeah, so well, it's out there. So. No, the demographic. Exactly. <laughs> 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 two of our biggest turtle fans, Kevin and Bo. They're getting older. They're in the forties now. Make a new shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it mid-life relevant. Mutant, I need the midlife mutant ninja turtles now. <laughs> Reminds me of that Saturday Night Live sketch, yes. middle aged man. Oh, that was so wonderful! <laughs> that was so wonderful. But they did one about was it Saturday Night Live that did that one about the turtles getting older? Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. It was. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I thought there was one out there. Yeah, like uh, Michelangelo and April were married, but they had a very dysfunctional marriage. Raphael was an old gambling, <laughs> old gambler. <laughs> like it was a great cartoon. Like it was very good. Yeah. How long ago was this? I have, I have not watched SNL. Four, four or five years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. It's whoa, whoa, whoa. Four five years ago. Brock, so you didn't watch the SNL episode with Elon Musk as I, the host? I have not seen it yet. <laughs> I've seen clips, but the clip of him as Wario in the trial yes. was pretty darn funny. Yeah. That was pretty good. They did a really good job playing to his lack of comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I mean, he's really not a, a really good comedian, so right. they, they did a really good job tailoring everything to him. And he actually did mention on that on the show that you know he he admitted for the first time ever that he had a, that he actually has Asperger's mm-hmm. syndrome, which right. explains a lot about you know just how he speaks. Mm-hmm. So that was that was interesting. But anyway, yeah, didn't mean to derail. Yeah. But oh yeah, no, 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 I'd I'd say, I, I, I will go back and watch it. I have not watched a full episode of Saturday Night Live since January eleventh. 2003. Wow, you got specific You're, on that date. What happened on that date? There had to be something really specific. Here comes the tale. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's not a pleasant one. Um, oh, okay. That was the night that Jeff Gordon, NAS, you know, former NASCAR driver, at that time I was a big Jeff Gordon fan. He hosted that episode. Avril oh. Lavigne was the musical guest. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, that That's... was a perfect lineup for you. <laughs> it was great. Dream team. Okay, my, my secret... Music obsession, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on music, and I'll I'll even touch on this story a little bit. Well, at least this artist, but yeah, Avril. Um, 
<laughs> a- Avril is my is my secret. Shh, don't tell anybody you listen to her. I love Avril. I adore her. And I'm not ashamed, but I just don't <laughs> speak about it often. But anyway, yeah, they were on there that the reason I remember that is because yeah. the next morning my ex-wife's father died. Oh. That's oh. how that's how I remember oh. that yeah, specific yeah, yeah, date. No. We went to bed after watching that episode and got up the next morning to that right. to that horrible news. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, last, the last time I really watched Saturday Night Live regularly, I can't remember. I don't have a date, but it was when uh, it was probably Bill Hader and Jason Sudeikis' last mm-hmm. season. Because mm-hmm. those two guys, I really enjoyed those guys. And just since, especially Bill Hader. Bill Hader, I don't know why. He is one of my favorite guys. I mean, anybody who can do a perfect Alan Alda impersonation in the early 2010, <laughs> early 2010s and people still laugh at it. That's that tells you comedy talent. There. Yeah. It's probably been longer from, I mean, I see, you know, little, the bits and the highlights that get shared on yeah. social media or the clips, or if, you know, if somebody's talking about a really funny skit, I might check it out, but I've not sat down to watch a whole episode yeah. and probably longer than even, than even you, Bo, in that, that particular time frame. So yeah. I was really, uh, was really happy with the whole release of Peacock and the older yeah. SNL episodes that you could go back and watch. And I did a, I did watch quite a few of those, but especially when you hit the the Sandler and Farley um, mm. era of Saturday Night Live, the David Spade, all that. That's to me, that's that's peak. Yeah, I mean, it, even going back the and 80s. watching the 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 original, you know, the ones from the seventies. You know, you've got oh. some of those. <laughs> the humor and the and the things is definitely sometimes weird at times and very relevant <laughs> to that time frame of life, but yeah. come on, Bassomatic seventy six. I love Bassomatic. Hey, <laughs> let's take a look back on nineteen seventy seven. All right. <laughs> Which I know nobody can see me, but uh, yeah. you know the, the, this great Chevy Chase turns and looks back, and they have 1977 on the screen. Yeah. Just a- <laughs> oh man, Dan Aykroyd did uh, Fred Garvin, male prostitute. Oh yes. man. <laughs> Here, can you undo every time, my truss? <laughs> every time, yeah, every time I see the Christopher Reeve Superman and Margot Kidder, that's the first thing. Fred Garvin is one of the first things that pops in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, James Brown hot tub party, yes. Lady Murphy. Get in the hot tub. Hey! <laughs> but I was happy to go back and find the Sigourney Weaver episode where during church chat, she came out as Zool. That's that's a very great piece of history. right? Her and Dana Carvey have some great parts in that. That one in the chopping broccoli. Yes. That is one of my mm-hmm. favorite <laughs> sketches of all time. <laughs> well... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> SNL. We turned it for everybody yeah. SNL talk here. Hey, we we, we don't have a, a big lineup for this one, so we're, just, we're shooting off the cuff for a lot of this. This is good. <laughs> well, Jess did talk about the uh, the toys, and that they are toys that she received for her birthday and Mother's Day. Kevin got a really neat new toy that I have been enjoying seeing his, uh, his pictures in progress. <laughs> what you got, man? I'm going to butcher the name, but it's a Creality. Um, CR 10 S version two pro I, I, it has all kinds of words. Um, but <laughs> it, director's yeah, cut it, alpha three. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they, it's like you have to make sure you get version two, not version one or not version three. It's like, okay. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I've been kind of watching this one for a little while and, um, I like delving into fixing things, but something about 3D printing has always scared the ever-living crap out of me. Um, So I decided I wanted to get a printer that was both large that you could potentially print full helmets with, you know, like for cosplay and whatnot. Mm -hmm. 
and also one that is mostly assembled. So even someone like me who is scared to death of it, I can put it together, have it because I had this thing put together in about 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And then I had it set up, um, have it set up in my garage currently, have a computer out there with it so I can instantly do um, STL files. I can I can encode them, drop them into the, the system. And so far I've done, <laughs> I've done, thankfully now I've done more successful prints than unsuccessful prints. So I've pretty much got her dialed in now and I've been, I've been producing Greeblies for my, uh, for my gonk droid. So what I'm doing now is I have, as you know, we've mentioned in previous episodes, I have an electric car. And one of the things that electric cars have are like level two chargers. Now you can plug it into the 110 outlet, but you're going to take like a million years for the thing to charge. So with this charger thing, one of the, you can ask these guys, one of the things I've been dreaming of doing for years, probably as long as I've had an electric car is I wanted to create a facade over my EV charger. That's a gonk droid, a star Wars gonk droid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they're power droids. That's, That's literally what they do. They're walking batteries. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to put a facade over my EV charger mm-hmm. that has the, the sounds you can go up and you can push the button. It'll make the gonk sounds. I was um, hoping for that. That's oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've already got gonk. the, 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 uh, gonk. I've already got everything I need to do for that. So What's been holding me up is that I didn't want to get much further with it until I was able to produce some of the greeblies that I need. All the, and it, for those that don't know what that means, it's basically all the little knickknacks that they put on Star Wars stuff that makes it Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. the, the, the the rocker switches, the little buttons, the little the things that you can tell don't do anything and they're really weathered, but it just makes it Star Wars. Yeah, it makes it, it look really it 70s. Pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got a whole, I posted a uh, picture up not too long ago in social media of just a big, a bowl full of greeblies mm-hmm. that I've, that I've made of different things that I'm going to uh, put on there. So should be able to make some progress on the project now. And of course, you know, next up is being able to possibly, uh, print out some, some actual armor. I'm really looking forward to, to doing that because I've informed my, um, my sister that I have a 3d printer now. So uh, one of the things that we're going to be working on is possibly Zori Bliss, who is, uh, she was a, I don't know if you remember, Carrie Russell played her in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possibly going to be doing that armor. Okay. Oh, nice. So, nice. Very good possibility that I might yeah. be doing that armor um, with this. And this is perfectly capable. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Before we started this episode, Mark was like, hey, let's talk about 3D printing. I was like, all right, cool. I'll put my 27 hours of experience in 3D printing <laughs> out there for everybody. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Hey, I, like I told you, I've, I've got a Elgu Saturn resin printer that has been sitting on my desk <laughs> since last summer when I got it. I've, I just don't have a yeah. place to put it, but I was one of the first 1,000 to get it for like a $200 hmm. price tag. I got in on the early bird deal. And I wasn't going to turn that down when I found out I got in. And I'm like, well, I'm getting it, but I've never turned it on. So you said yours does helmets, correct, Kevin? Yes. So when are we getting our shredder helmets? That's the big question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll, 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 go, I'll go look for an SDL file and see if we can do it. Did you, did you see the look on his face when you said that? That was a happy man. <laughs> that, well, that's like he, it was like something he didn't think about until just then, like, you know. <laughs> I literally have it, and now it's a mission. The epiphany. Yeah. I mean, I actually have it out there right now producing a bar of Beskar. Nice. Uh, oh, okay. So it's actually out there printing right now doing Beskar. <laughs> Didn't you have a gonk droid when, like, close to the time I first met you? 
Yep. Yeah. 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 I had one that just it, it just set up and it had feet and everything like that. But this one's actually going to be mounted to the wall. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's just going to be a facade that covers the 3D printer with. And for everybody out there that's worried to death that with proper venting, I've, I've already built that in. Um, so it's going to have proper venting. So, you know, there won't be any problems there. Is, is the covering going to be 3D printed or you have, do you have something made that's going to oh, go no, that, the, that the, just... the, the, the covering is going to be just a traditional gonk droid shape, which is basically a Sterilite bin. It's okay. cut in half <laughs> and then you put the top and the bottom and you put them together and that's a gonk droid. Which is very fortunate when you have an electric car because, you know, you could have been using it to, you know, store some gas or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you guys love that viral video or that viral picture that went around of the guy with the, the white model Y that had the the rack on the back I of it? Saw and it was that. Yes. I showed that. Yes. No. <laughs> I showed that to Brock last night. I think it was uh, last night. Yeah. I what, what was the the meme? You was, become the thing you were <laughs> meant to destroy. <laughs> that guy was like, "I'm going to have enough gas to cut my yard, and there's nothing you can do about it." Okay. <laughs> I don't need it for my car. Oh, the, the the hoarders and the scalpers during the pandemic. I mean, that's that's just a next level right there. Having a Tesla owner do that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to die, die, That was just a bad joke. I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> Derailed it into other territories. <laughs> what I'm good at. Oh my gosh. Well, man, that's awesome. I'm so happy you got the printer. I can't wait to see all the things that you're going to come up with. What uh, we're called Bama geeks. We have various interests, so pardon this deep dive, but what are you using for your slicer and everything for your 3D printing? Cura. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cura works really well. I, uh, since it was Creality, it came with the Creality slicer, which mm-hmm. I quickly found out wasn't actually passing all of my extruder and temp nozzle and bed heater uh, values over to the printer. And so I, I switched over to Cura and it fixed it. So. It's just basically their their software. Their own software doesn't work with their own printers. It was like super cool. Okay. <laughs> I almost brought a a Prusa Mark III, golly, about three, four years ago, right when it first hit. And uh, of course, the Prusa company, they are based out of, I want to say, they're, I want to say it's Czechoslovakia. It's a, or the Czech Republic. It's either that or, or Russia proper. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I so anyway, they're from that part of the world. Mm-hmm. So when I, I ordered it, I went to go order it. And of course the payment was coming out through their country and my credit union went, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What, what, why is this foreign country way over there trying to access your funds? And they froze my bank account. And I'm, I'm like, um, you know what? I don't need to spend that thousand dollars. That's fine. And so I didn't get it yeah. at that time. So the I think it's the Prusa Mark II or the Mark III I forget, uh, but it's kind of compared with what I have um, mm-hmm. with the the CR10s because uh, it's it's got a it's whichever Prusa printer has the larger printer bed like the one I have they actually usually uh, when uh, there's like debates or um, like uh, blog articles you'll see the comparison between what I have and and that and the, the you know obviously. This one has the one that I have has uh, advantages, whereas the Prusa has advantages. And it's just the Creality printing. The community is humongous. Like you can always find an answer to just about everything. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the reasons I chose it, too. OK, well, I'm eyeballing the the Elegoo Neptune, too, just for the price point. That thing is one hundred and sixty bucks, something nice. like that. Just a, I, I just want to I want to dip my feet into FDM printing. And so. You know, I figured that would that would be the 
the, the cheaper way to go just to, to get in there and learn it. And then if I ever decide to upgrade later, I can. But like I said, I've still got a Elegoo Saturn collecting dust until I get my workshop set up here at the house. Nice. Well, cool, well, man. Well, stay tuned. I will definitely have uh, some more progress on the Gonk Droid, and I'll keep you guys updated as it progresses. Just like uh, everyone else here in Bammy Geeks, I have a full-time job and, and <laughs> we have uh, responsibilities. So I don't get a chance to work on it as often as I'd like to. Yeah. Um, but when I do, I usually get a lot done. So I'll be able to give you guys updates. Yeah. Awesome. Well, also in our spare time from our full-time jobs, uh, I know Bo and I, Bo is going to be the godfather of this conversation because he got me into this. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, a few years ago. He's like, hey, have you ever played this Mass Effect series? And I'm like, nah, I've, I've, I've seen it. I've never gotten into it. it thanks, Bo. <laughs> You're welcome. 2012, 2013 yeah. is when you got me into it. And I played yeah. through the trilogy for the first time, which led to 2014, the end of 2013, beginning of 2014, all the way up until Dragon Con, building my own suit of Mass Effect N7 armor. Commissioning oh, so Bill glorious. Duran from Punished Props Academy. Mm -hmm. Give them a look if you never have. Bill's a fantastic prop maker. Um, mm -hmm. I commissioned him to make the M98 Widow sniper rifle. from Which is uh, a beautiful gun oh, in the game. It's gorgeous. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's the one I wanted. And Bill built it for me. And uh, it's, still, it's here at the house and heavy. It's beautiful. <laughs> so Bo yeah, led me definitely down. Definitely beautiful. Yeah. Bo led me down the uh the path <laughs> to mass effect and this past friday bioware thankfully re-released the trilogy in a yes what they're calling the mass effect legendary edition they've remastered it in 4k i had my kids all weekend so i've not been able to play it but uh this week whenever i get off work and get home you better believe i'm going to be doing it every night and probably every night for the next oh months however many months because yeah. you got to put a yeah. lot of hours into this trilogy, but, but <laughs> Each, you, you've been able to touch on it this weekend, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I dived in it. Well, like we talk about mass effect to me, like, you know, each form of entertainment has its kind of quintessential. Well, now with streaming has kind of changed that, but quintessential form, like to me, star Wars is the epitome of space drama, opera of movies. Mm -hmm. Star Trek is the epitome of television and to me, Mass Effect has been that of video games, yeah. at least of the modern era, or at least within 10, 15 years. But to me, it is the quintessential. And plus, the cool thing about it, you've got various voice actors, who's people who's been in other other forms of uh, sci-fi movies. But yes, I dived into the first game. I'm I'm probably only played about five or six hours of it, but I'm in the early stages. For anybody who else has played, I am now finishing up my first visit to the Citadel mm. and uh, about to go yeah. out and do uh, track down Saren. Which, like I said, you know, oh, he's yeah. yeah, he's kind of the antagonist of the game. But the cool thing about Mass Effect is, like, it's really cool. Like for anybody that played it, cool thing about it is you can design the the, the main character is John or Jane Shepard. That's awesome. Gives you the option there. If you know you're a lady gamer, you can be a lady shepherd or you can be a male shepherd. If you want, to, you can be who you want to. I personally, me and you have the option of being either a paragon, which is a super good guy, or a renegade, a really bad guy who's good. I guess that makes sense. Which to me cool is Renegade Femship is probably my favorite playthrough because I've awesome. done. She is so she is the ultimate bad bad lady you do not want to mess with. It just flows so good with her character in my opinion. Her voice actor Jennifer Hale, mm. so good, so good. Came to the very first yeah. Magic City Con in Birmingham. Yep. 
just as a small tangent, yeah. I had, of course, naturally the, the M98 widow by mm-hmm. then. And I've got a wonderful picture of me with her and she's holding that rifle above her head. Like, oh, oh yeah. Like, so the cool thing about the mass, the first Mass Effect game came out, it was like one of the uh, launch titles with, I don't know if it was actually a launch title, but it was out within the first year of the 360s lifespan. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of in an awkward transition from the previous generation to the, that what was the current generation of gaming, which it, it didn't really age well. It just played like an older game from the previous generation. It, but still, a lot of people skipped over because they're like, eh, because two would give you the option to do like an interactive comic where you get caught up. A lot of people kind of skipped over it. But now it has made the first game required playing. It still plays a little bit like the old game, but they did a lot of mechanics and tuning to make it a lot more fluid. But like, it's really good. Like, I got to send you another screenshot. Like, when I see Rex for the first time and like, oh my gosh, like the, the detail in him, uh, it, like his eye, the eyes are red. He looks like the ultimate really mean space frog that he is <laughs> <laughs> and rex is where jess and i got our yeah. cosplay page uh, on social media parks yeah. and rex yeah we stole that so from mass effect but yeah i'm very early into it like i said i did a lot of exploring of the citadel did a lot of the side that's the cool thing about it i can do a lot of the side missions that really quick that i know to do but also though a couple of times i got in combat where i'm like oh hey yeah i'm, I'm playing this where i've already played the series four or five times on the original systems where my character's all super leveled up and like you know every uh, big power surge at me is just like you know ugh, me just brush that off and then now i'm trying to do it and i'm like oh yeah i'm a level three instead of a level 60 <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah i did a couple hours like i said yesterday was the little most of i got to play just like a busy weekend myself i'll be I'll probably be hammering on it Wednesday for sure because I, I have nothing planned. I cut my grass, got everything good. So no responsibilities <laughs> come Wednesday, but Mass Effect. All adulting is is done so I can devote yes. this time. Yes. <laughs> it's good. Guys, he will eventually finish Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which this, is this funny. Is steal is, his time. Which is funny is because I watched it. Currently, I was watching episode two with my wife before we started recording. So there I am there. So we're still there. <laughs> Only four more to go. You're doing good. <laughs> Kevin has, has given us so many ideas for great shows to watch, and we, yes. we're going to get to them, and we're going to cover them all in this podcast. Just keep hanging in there with us. Mm-hmm. You know, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and YouTube. Bear with us. We're going to get to these. We're gonna, we've got plenty of content down the road for you. Yeah, this podcast isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So we may, uh, we may absolutely be covering, you know, Loki in about three years. But you know, yeah, we're gonna we'll get there. We're gonna get there. <laughs> this is the podcast where, like, you can identify with real life. You know, hey, do do you guys remember that show Loki that came <laughs> on three years ago? Let's talk about that one now. We, we exactly. finally get to cover it. <laughs> Eventually, we will be Bama geezers. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, get off our lawn. <laughs> I remember before we had streaming services when we had to watch everything on television. We had to go to the video store and hope the video was there and somebody had not come and rented it before we got to it. Our phones were rude. We dial and we liked it. <laughs> we found out what was on next week with a TV guide. <laughs> We had to sit through the, and we had to sit through the TV guide channel yes. and wait yeah. for everything yeah. to come up. Like, and then you had to watch through all the advertisements of, you know, pills and, and life insurance and whatnot. Yeah. And didn't you hate it the next when your favorite, you know, the channel you wanted to see, you had already missed it. So you got to wait for it to come yeah. back yep. around again. You got to practice that patience. You kids with your TiVo and direct TV. 
Well, like I remember I was completely shocked when they started doing the VCRs where you had the code and yes. you know, you'd enter the code and I was like, <laughs> oh, holy crap, gosh. this is like, they can't get any better than this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we have gray hair. Yeah. Like I said, you know, it's, it's so interesting. Like there are times I wish I was younger than there at times. I'm like, you know, I'm glad my, my age and I experienced what I experienced. So, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of great, you know, double-sided. I, I, you, we were the last generation like, without internet. We, yeah. That's, that's my crazy thing. Like with internet, that's the one thing that's kind of neat. Like we're kind of the first generation. You know, usually like mm-hmm. this, I was to compare this, like, you know, when you were, you're in school, like, you know, people did the reunions. That was the only way you saw people you went to school with. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, you know, we have social media and you see the people you went to school with and you're like, holy crap, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, you you don't see them like, oh, you next, you know, you go to your 10 year reunion, then you go to your 20 year reunion. You're like, holy crap, you got old. But now I can see it happen in real time, I guess. So. Hey, hey, we had classmates.com. Thank you. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> that was our first connection to those we went to school with. Yep. Are you on classmates.com? Can you find your class? <laughs> yeah. You know, I still get state. emails from classmates. I do. Too. I still get emails you do? From- that thing's yes. still around? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes, it is. It's usually in my spam folder, but I still get emails from it. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> spam folder, junk, trash, gone. Oh my gosh. For you kids who don't know what AOL and dial-up modems are. <laughs> hey, we did find an AOL startup disc at my dad's yard sale. Yeah. Yeah. Couple- <laughs> yeah. Jess's son was like, what's what? this? <laughs> This son is how we used to get connected to the internet. 1,500 free hours. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, AOL. Oh, my gosh. Dial-up modem. Which is so weird. They were the the epitome of internet. Now they're just, you know, a, a, a relic. It's so interesting. <laughs> oh, dude, when I was in the Air Force back in 1994, I was stationed at Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi. And we had... Uh, I don't know how this guy was able to get a phone into his, his dorm room for the other branches of the military. They called them barracks. We had dorms cause we were air force and snooty, but somehow he wound up getting, getting a dial up phone into his room, but his modem is not, this was 94. He, he didn't plug his modem in uh, the phone line into his modem. He took the handset and had one of those oh. analog, one of those analog, I don't know what they're called, but it's an analog modem. But he had to sit the handset of the phone on top of this thing. And so the modem listened through the handset for that's the incredible. dial tone. And that's how it dialed out. Wow. Man, I'm mm, old. This could be another future episode. That would be as, fun. As yeah, old technology. Yeah. Talking about the old versus the new. That'd be. See, we yeah. told you we got we're going to come out with content that. Well, will make you cry because you missed it all. <laughs> the technology or, stuff. Or you're going to cry because you you miss it all. Yeah, you, you yeah. miss it. Or you're going to cry just because it's us explaining it. And that's that's yeah. bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's not how it happened. <laughs> Dear Bama Geeks, click, 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 click. How dare you? Da, 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 da. Well, it's kind of funny because we were. With having the kids this last weekend, and and I know we're going to talk about some movie stuff in a little bit, but uh, you were talking about, you know, technology, you know, then versus now. We did introduce them to Short Circuit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. So it's, uh, I, I don't know how, you know, I'm thinking, you know, of course, one of the scenes, you know, where she brings Johnny Five into the house and she shows him the encyclopedias and he reads through yeah. them. Now it would be she would just 
I don't think he would set a robot down in front of a computer to say, this is Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wouldn't, true. The, wouldn't the robot be built with that technology? He wouldn't have to go searching. I mean, I know he malfunctioned, but still, it's like, I guess. He did not malfunction. He became alive. That's right. Not yes. malfunction. Yeah, get it right. Jeez. <laughs> Life is not a malfunction. Life is not he, a malfunction. He gives me what is. One of my favorite insults I like to drop on people. Hey, laser lips. Your yep. mama was a snowblower. That is one of my favorite <laughs> Oh, my kids rolled at that one last night. Yes, hey, it's so good. We, we, we showed them. Let's just jump into the movie topics. Sure. Yeah. We, we showed them. We got home Friday night. And because it was the 25th anniversary this past week of Twister. Mm-hmm. So they had never seen Twister. And so my daughter fell asleep 30 minutes before it ended. <laughs> uh, did not care for it. My son enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But Short Circuit. Yeah. Oh, they, that, they. they were crying at that movie. Oh, it's so great. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. And it's Colt just, 45 automatic. Play Doh. Play And it's one of the other simple things that makes me laugh when it goes by the big Dr. Pepper sign. Wouldn't you like to be yes. a pepper oh, too? <laughs> my son, my son literally broke out in tears crying at that because mm-hmm. that was so Oh, that's expected. great. Because yeah. my, that's my kids, they don't mm. live with, they don't live with me full time. So I'm, I'm kind of fun dad, you know, mm-hmm. always have been, but now it's, you know, they, they come here, they get to have the Dr. Pepper, uh, <laughs> they're, you know, <laughs> their mom doesn't really treat them to such fine delicacies, uh, from time <laughs> to time. So, so yeah, they come over here and they, kids both love Dr. Pepper. So mm-hmm. when, when he, when he saw that, uh, he, I have not seen my son laugh that hard in a long time, but that <laughs> That's Dr. Pepper great. cracked him up so bad. <laughs> I, say, I need to break it out because I really do. I need to get Oliver to watch it. I'm sure he would love that. Oh, he would crack he up. He would. Yeah. Such, that's so funny. Everything in there. But they, they loved Ben. Yes. You know, listening right. to all his, not being able to English correctly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nun soup. <laughs> it makes the line about when they're praying no, he's going to get out there and you know blow up a bus of nuns what what would be the head yeah the headline how, on that how would you like to be the one that write the headline nun soup, nun soup. <laughs> 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 yeah and that's uh, you know and then touching on ben and we know that you know recently fisher stevens has been in the news lately about last week yeah his regret and you know playing that character and doing yeah. Which I didn't. I I, I didn't either. Honestly, I, I thought didn't. he was actually. I, I thought it was Indian until I yeah. until I saw that article this past week with Fisher, and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And I that's one of those things that just never registered with me. And it's such an endearing character. I mean, I I don't see people creating a whole lot of backlash over it. And I mean, it is what it is for the time that the movie was made. And he he even said in the article that he took a lot of pride in in at that time, you know, to to invest into that character and become that character and make sure that, you know, he he did it justice for the part that he was playing. Right. But he well, you you know, he didn't hate it enough to not do a short circuit (laughs) too, and and (laughs) and be the main character. He touched on that. He said initially when when he signed on to the movie, it was supposed to be this white engineering Mm-hmm. student whatever named john bartum or something like that yeah. and they changed it at the last minute they asked him can you can you do an indian guy and he's like yeah I'll, I'll do my best so he studied it he studied the dialect uh, and before the sequel he studied the dialect even more and even went to live in india for a month to get used to you know how they lived and how they spoke well, and how it? they acted well, well he approached it with respect that's you know i mean i understand yeah. you know, like it is a different time but i mean you know he was 
he was an actor. He is, you know, he is playing you know, the character, which I mean, that's like you said, he yeah. he did homework. It wasn't just like, you know, he watched, right. you know, it wasn't a caricature. It was yeah. a portrayal. You know, right. So, I mean, and, and, and rightfully so, if that movie were made today, you know, he, he said he would, you know, would rather an actual yeah. person from India take that part, which is, is, is the right mm-hmm. thing to do. Naturally. Yeah. You, exactly. you, you don't, you don't want to, you, you want parts to be the way they're supposed to be. Right. You, know, mm-hmm. you don't ever mm-hmm. want to uh, offend another culture or, or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, back in the eighties, I mean that, and well before the eighties, all mm-hmm. through the history yeah. of cinema, you know, you've had parts like that, yeah. some offensive, some that were, they tried to be respectable. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he, he didn't play it as a, and it with malicious and I don't want to say malicious intent, but I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't played to be disrespectful right yes i guess yeah. that's moral but i i forever until last week forever thought <laughs> yep and a, a gentleman from india played that part mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah and they that they did the kids just absolutely loved that and i was glad that we finally exposed them to that classic it was yeah. well received <laughs> that's, that's one one fun thing that my kids are like my, my daughter's you know teenager my son is very close to being a teenager and so now they get to now they start to understand mm-hmm. a lot of these movies. And I've been waiting for years to show them some of these movies so that they could be age appropriate. You know, the movies that I fell in love with and, and, mm-hmm. you know, as, as at their age, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. these I shouldn't have been watching at their age, but <laughs> you know, you have PG movies in the eighties that had nudity in it. Yeah. It's, you know, and <laughs> you know, I'm not showing them those, you know, <laughs> but things like short circuit and, and, you know, back to the future and, mm-hmm things like that even with the, the language in it you know we're thankfully we're able to find some of the the edited versions on tv through amc or stuff like that you know yeah. mm-hmm. but but they're they're now getting into the movies that we all grew up with and love and you know like i said my, my son enjoyed twister my daughter eh. man they, they appreciated the cow they love the cow <laughs> <laughs> like i said it's probably been well over 20 years since i probably watched twister it's like i re- need to revisit it yes you should and you should with it being the 25th anniversary mm-hmm. of the movie, it's a good time to go back and revisit. Yeah. And our, our, our we, we've got a really good friend, uh, Judd Hudson. He and his mm-hmm. mom, Jasmine, are actually at mm-hmm. this moment, or, or I, don't, they, I don't know if they're on the way back or not, but they've they been in, they, they've been in Wakita this mm-hmm. past weekend at you know Twister at the, Fest uh, or Twister how, Fest, whatever it's yeah. called. <laughs> yeah, Twister Fest. <laughs> um, Twister Fest. But they've been out there. Uh, they've got a replica of the the red Dodge truck with and Dorothy. What they use Dorothy three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think I didn't catch the, the number on his Dorothy, but it is it's a Dorothy in the back. Yeah, yeah. but Jasmine has dressed up as as Meg. Yep. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And she won a lookalike contest out there for that. Yep. That's so funny. They're having a great time, yeah. And, yeah. and they look great and very happy that they got to do that. So yeah, because of the 25th anniversary. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, and uh, Judd had was it today? He had talked about that they've been out look at the different filming locations, uh, mm-hmm. being out there in Wakita. And they, uh, people have, of course, been seeing him drive around town with the truck. And he says a lot of people are interacting with them, the people that live out there and had the experience living there when the movie was filmed. And the the first tornado scene when after, you know, Bill comes back and they're taking off, the people who lived on or who lived in that area where that scene was filmed still have the red tractor that was sitting on that wooden rickety wooden bridge in that scene where oh, you know, wow. him and Joe get underneath the bridge there and are mm-hmm. holding on. And, you know, the boards are coming to the, the bridge is coming apart and everything. Joe posted that those, they still have that tractor 
and they have pieces of that bridge and Judd, they gave Judd a piece of the bridge out there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the bridge is no longer standing and no longer in that area, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, the owners gave him a piece of movie history, which is really great. Yeah. But Judd and, and his mom, they did a fantastic job on, oh, yeah. on their mm-hmm. costumes and on the, the truck and the Dorothy. It's, John, his family talented, very, yeah, very talented, <laughs> extremely we're, talented. Yeah, we're we're excited uh, always, you know, to have known them as long as we have. They're great people. Been part of our Alabama Ghostbusters group mm-hmm. for ages, and so uh, yeah, you know, it's good to see them. Like Rock said, out there enjoying that, mm-hmm. being able to take part. Yeah, I mean, it, his mom is toted around a steak and eggs like in the skillet. <laughs> yes, which is, yes. It's, it's great. Did you and see they, my cows out front? No. Oh. oh. And there, there was also a video Judd posted of his mom at the site where Aunt Meg's house was, mm-hmm. um, oh. too, walking around out there. So hitting on Twister, let's talk about some of our favorite movie audience experiences. Mm-hmm. We were going to save this till later in the podcast, but because we're talking about Twister, I just got to share my Twister story. When that movie first came out, I saw it for the first time at a drive-in theater. In oh, the, oh, I man. was stationed in Texas. <laughs> And the drive-in theater, of course, Texas, flat, you know, just like you see in <laughs> Twister, just flat, as far as you can see, distance, lightning, thunder, wind, no rain, thankfully, but we sat outside of our cars in lawn chairs and got to watch Twister on the drive-in screen in a very tornadic feel for weather. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mother like, Nature helped out a little bit. Dude. Yeah. Well, it, it, that's kind of like we were coming back from uh, flying back in, in 2016 <laughs> from from Los Angeles. From we had been invited to to go to Sony, uh, a few of us, and when they premiered the the trailer for Ghostbusters, at, uh, answered the call. And so I was flying back with Abigail Gardner and Craig Goldberg from YHS Podcast, and we hit really bad turbulence. <laughs> I look over, Craig's white knuckled the seats. <laughs> Craig didn't like the turbulence. Well, I'm loving it because at the exact time that that turbulence hit, I'm watching Jurassic World for the first time when the dinosaurs are stampeding. And they they let loose and start stampeding and the whole plane is just shaking. It's like a great 4D experience. And that reminded me of that time when I was in Texas watching Twister. It's just the environment was perfect. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm loving it. Craig's white knuckling, (laughs) eyes closed. He ain't having it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah, dinosaurs, go, go. Take that (laughs) D-box. But another Texas experience that I had, and is one of the absolute favorite is like I said, I was in the Air Force, but I was stationed at Fort Hood, you know, the big army post out there. There were 50,000 army guys. There was only 300 of us Air Force guys. It's about an hour north of Austin. Well, I decided when Independence Day came out back in 97, it's 97 that came out. I believe so, right? 96. 96, 97? 96, I believe. Okay. Either way, both those years I was in Texas. (laughs) Uh, Texas, the cities have a rivalry, I've learned all the cities in Texas and we're sitting in Austin and of course Independence Day, you know, they, they're going to nuke, you know, we're, we're, they're here in Houston, you know, what are we going to do? We, we've got to kill the, the, the ship, you know, we've got to kill the aliens that are here over Houston. What are we going to do? Well, we've got to detonate a nuclear bomb. So we're all sitting in the theater. Theater's packed. It's opening weekend and they explode the atomic bomb on Houston. 
the whole theater <laughs> erupted in cheers <laughs> and applause. It was the loudest reaction of, yeah, they bombed Houston. So apparently Austin hates Houston and vice versa. So, yeah, the cities all have a rivalry, but that, that was a great experience. I guess it's only okay to mess with Texas when it's Texas messing with Texas. You got it. <laughs> exactly. You got it. Texas, Texans can mess with themselves. It's like the brother and sister dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I I was laughing so hard because I did not expect that. But Houston <laughs> got a nuclear bomb and everybody in that theater in Austin went ballistic. That was hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just reminded me of like the crowd reaction like in Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. when Cap winds up getting Thor's hammer. Some people feel iffy about crowds reacting in a movie theater, you know, clapping or cheering or whatever. And some people have different feelings on it. I love the experience of sitting there with people, you know, and enjoying those things together. You go open night, opening night for that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. If you want to go open opening night and you don't want to have that experience, you need to wait a little bit. Yeah. It's it's just people that are, they just want to sit together and enjoy a movie together with other people, with other like-minded people, with fans. Mm-hmm. And if it, you know, elicits that reaction, it's great. It's, it's, it's joy. Mm-hmm. And I love a movie experience so much. And that's, I'm glad to see that theaters are opening back up. I don't want to see that theater experience go away as, and especially mm-hmm. with afterlife coming up this year. And, uh, but I'm going to ask you to temper the language, but you had a great experience with Freddy versus Jason. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up. Other one first. It's not as long. But when at first time I went and saw the Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. that was my first exposure to people dressing up in costume to go watch a movie. Which oh, yeah. Really cool. That was my first experience mm-hmm. with that. But I would never forget. Uh, apparently, apparently, someone who was watching, who was in the audience, had not read the books or knew there was more than one movie. At the very <laughs> end of the movie, where, the, where you see the fellowship trekking across the rocks, and then it cuts to black, and it, you know, and then someone really loud goes, "That's it." <laughs> <laughs> so that was. I, I guarantee you, there was not one of the people in costumes. I, I just sit through how many hours of this yeah. and, and you're ending it on me right now. <laughs> but then like I said, this goes to my next one. Freddy versus Jason. This movie, this will always live with me to, to the day I die. This is one of the best. Oh man, it's so great. So, you know, the big buildup, you know, they're trying to get Freddy, you know, uh, Jason and Freddy finally fight each other. Well, you know, Freddy had always had Jason at an advantage. Well, they finally brought Freddy to the, the real world or the world where, you know, the physical world. And if I gets up there, Jason gets in this phrase, and it gets down there. Some dude middle of the uh, middle of the theater stands up and he screams. This is my the edited version, but mess him up, Jason. But it wasn't mess. It was the, the, the more yeah. four letter. Yeah. So, yeah. He stands up. Mess him up, Jason. And then, like, theater erupted in laughter. It was so great. And every time I watch that movie or think about that movie, that is the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, it was so great. Oh. Also, seeing the, uh, what was it, The Grudge, saw it in the theater, and I will never forget was uh, the one part where Sarah Michelle Gellar pulls the covers back and the girl is underneath the covers. <laughs> I swear, a, a young gentleman, of course I say young, he was probably my age then, late teens, early 20s, get up and run out of the theater. <laughs> like, full sprint, run out of the theater. <laughs> But also, I guess, and here's another one, though, I could say is for the, the, the movie adaptation of Stephen King's The Mist. If you haven't seen that movie. Oh, it's, man. No. Do we? Yeah. Oh, man. So that was also <laughs> what it'll stick with me is everyone walking out of the theater very somberly like, 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> I was about to say, I won't, we won't spoil it if you have not seen it. But no, I haven't. Okay. The, the, then. The, the only thing I could say is it's a very hard case of Ooh. never give up. Ooh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hard case of never give up. Putting that on the list to watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, movie's great. Ending is... Most Stephen King movies. Yeah. Stephen I, King uh, Stephen, Stephen King, King doesn't write... He doesn't do good endings. I don't know anything. No. I, 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 I'm not going to give away any endings in case you haven't seen the movie. Well, no, the, no, the movies the, the movies are good for it. The, the, the chapter one and chapter two, mm-hmm. I, I love those. Yeah. Well, it's the book. It's, it's mm-hmm. it, the book, that yeah, the when it very... ended, I just kind of went... What? What? Well, so you'll really like you will like the mist because it's there. Der- Der- Frank Darabont did it. Mm-hmm. So if you appreciate oh, okay. the yeah. Walking Dead. Yes. So it's very much that Shawshank tone. Redemption, right? Shawshank. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna like overall as a movie, terrific. Just the ending is the ending uh, will 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 mess you up. It'll stick it, with you. Yes, okay. definitely stick. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. We're gonna we're gonna watch that then. Yeah. But like the thing, other movies. Oh, sorry, I'm we're bouncing around here. But let think another movie I watched here recently. I haven't watched in a while. I popped in uh, the Crow. I oh. visited that movie, and okay. it still holds up very well. I like it. Like I, I forgot how much I really enjoyed that movie. Probably last time I watched that was not too long after it was released for home video. A lot of the Crow stuff is on HBO Max. Really, you could watch the first two movies, and that that's all you really need mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kevin, with all your um, love for Star Wars, do you have any kind of Star Wars movie experiences to share with us? Oh, boy, do I. Episode one was one that came out. Uh, I'm going to show my age here a little bit, but episode one came out in 1999, and it was uh, it was released during the senior, well, it's normally the senior break, like between, um, uh, the, well, let me back up a little bit. Uh, I graduated that year, graduated from high school. And uh, we were in the middle of our break where, you know, you take all of your semester tests and then you have the break before you get to go and uh, do your graduation. So me and my friend Heath, Heath Plunkett, super cool guy. He brings his little uh, laptop with him and we sit out (laughs) front of the the Carmike 3 in Coleman. And this was back in the day when there was you, you couldn't just order tickets mm-hmm. you had to you had to literally sit in front of the theater yeah and wait to make sure you got in line and save your space mm-hmm. you had to do that mm-hmm. i mean you still have to do that to an extent but we really had to do that and i will never forget it was the coolest thing because apparently they didn't get the episode one uh reel the film reel until the day of so we're literally oh. sitting there and waiting on the theater to open and we see a FedEx truck pull up and the the tent, the reels oh. are there and it says Star Wars on it. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the movie. And think about it. This is the Carmike 3. So there's three auditoriums. Yeah. So one or two of those auditoriums were being dedicated to Star Wars. Actually, probably all three right. by the end of it because this was episode one. They knew it was going to make crazy amounts of money. So, yeah. I mean, episode one was huge. And, of course, you know, we all had our ups and downs. And I have actually still have a um, a framed picture of the usa today the day that episode one came out with a fan oh. that's holding up a a ticket and have <laughs> all of my tickets from the car mic okay framed in oh that's there. awesome and there are like nine or ten of them yeah. that's awesome so okay. I, so i went yeah that's how many times i went and saw episode one uh-huh. I, I could go on forever about experiences <laughs> because episode two was 
and a completely different thing because yeah. that was the one you guys mentioned earlier. I went in costume on that one. And I was like the only one there in costume. <laughs> and that's what started like literally the first costume I ever made. Uh, my grandmother helped me make it. It that's was it. phenomenal. And I will never forget. There was a, a reporter there who tripped me up and she was like, so, um, you know, uh, um, do you want to say anything to Carrie Fisher? It's her birthday. It's like, and, and then started asking me about like wh- whether I would go out with <laughs> Carrie Fisher. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I, I'm here to watch a movie. <laughs> I mean, she's cool, but no. Yeah, she's like my mom's age. It's like, and is she gonna see this? I mean, yeah. like, this is the what local TV station? Yeah, it was yeah. a local TV station. I was like, okay, and it turns out that wasn't aired, thankfully, because yeah. it was cringy as hell. But yeah. <laughs> it made me think while we were talking about episode one. I don't know if you guys saw it the other day, but as much time it's passed between the New Hope and episode mm-hmm. one when it came out. Now that is much time between episode one and now has passed. Oh yes, my I did see that. That is why so wild. Why do you gotta do that to me? Dang, <sighs> we're oh not supposed God. to be this old. Jeez, I'm glad we already we did are. the old segment, yeah. bro. You're dragging <laughs> us back into it. Again. That's right. <laughs> hey, he's already That's what look. I look, if I'm going to this episode without bringing up Walmart, don't bring up the age. <laughs> 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 he's he's this is a thing with Bo because I think what in the previous or one of the ones I think the previous one he said we're going to be the Bama AARP geeks and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Bo's been on I guess turning 40 has really made him reflect on age and we've already brought up Bo, Bo's, Bo's just anchoring us in the grave here yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the re, I am the 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 I would I guess we just say the the physical reality check I guess I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, so there is a rumor going around, several rumors, actually. Actually, I'm going to speak on two of them. Number one is um, there's a rumor going around that uh, Daisy Ridley may be actually coming back to Star Wars um, and that Disney may be pursuing the possibility of continuing the story of Rey Skywalker. And that's going to be pretty cool. I mean, they've got to figure out a way to make Rise of Skywalker work because, you know, the movie was a hot mess. Um, so they've got to figure out a way to build scaffolding around that movie to make it make more sense in the canon. But one of the more interesting tidbits is, you know, how are they going to anchor this into what we now consider good Star Wars, which is Mandalorian and anything that's built off around that time period. Mm-hmm. So now there are rumors going about of possibility that Ray may show up in Mandalorian now. As a toddler? I, I, I mean, if if she shows up, before, what are they going to do? Explain her lineage or something? I bet but say, yeah, sh- she could be Ray's mother. I guess she could pay her mother. I guess I don't know. It's still, it's very odd. Well, then the thing is, is if they actually are trying to fix canon with you know the Mandalorian, they would have to fast forward. They would have to time jump Mandalorian 22 years. Yeah. And granted, I mean, look, Mandalorian, we, we don't, you know, Den, we don't see him often. Mm-hmm. So it really wouldn't be a, a big deal to age. You know, Pedro, but I mean, yeah, it's just kind of weird. It's a stretch. This you know? is a definite stretch. If they evolve John Favreau and Dave Filoni and the decision making, they'll make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those guys will make it work somehow if they decide to go that path. Yeah. I think one of the, the best parts of Mandalorian so far, though, is the fact that Favreau was able to say, all right, give me this time period where there's not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. We don't really know a lot about it. And let me do something. Right. 
So now if they go, all right, well, you know, this is successful. This is the most successful Star Wars thing we've ever done. Now we need to tie it to the stuff that wasn't quite as well received and make it make sense. Mm. It kind of feels like they're starting to chain it down. And I don't like that. They need yeah. to leave it, let, let it be free. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it is. The biggest thing with that, like I said, the, the new movie trilogy, like I said, there was no, like I said, that's what they're doing Mandalorian. They've got a overall story arc. They have a plan where it seems like <laughs> the new movies was like, hey, we'll make it up as we go. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, <laughs> the the Rise of Skywalker uh, script was pretty much I, I'm convinced was pretty much like a round robin thing where they had a set of writers in a room and they just yeah. said, all right, I've got this and go and yeah. go and go. And that's the reason it didn't make as much sense as like something that has a really good, uh, well-defined plot line like, you know, I don't know, Mandalorian. Yeah. I, I mean, you can definitely tell that just the direction that they're going with Mandalorian, that they're they're going to try to at the very least, establish Luke's Jedi order. Yeah. And I think that's where they're going with this, mm-hmm. because if they get Sebastian Stan to come in and actually do, you know, Luke Skywalker and yes. actually have a live stand in and he can pull it off, um, we could definitely see this happen. But it still has nothing to do with Ray. Yeah. It has yeah. nothing that, that I mean, she it just has nothing to do with her. No. So I, I think it's pretty unsubstantiated. It's just not going to happen. But uh, the the just the fact that Ray Skywalker may be coming back to do more stuff means that I'm even more interested in the possibility of potentially getting Finn back. If they could get John Boyega to come back, mm-hmm. and we could explore the fact that we were teased in Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker, it's like we're going to focus everything on Ray. But by the way, um, he's force sensitive, so cut to black, and then we don't get anything else from him. So it's like we need more of that. Yeah, I think general audiences, everybody, all like I'm not not to use a common term, but they all like Poe. Poe did all right, but like Ray and Finn really deserved better than what they got. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, Finn and I believe that was, yeah, Finn. Like I, I was really hopeful. Like I said, also, who else deserved better in there for me? Phasma. I want. I, I Phasma deserved better exactly. than what she got. Exactly, much better. Like I was Man. so fight for Phasma. Mm-hmm. Man, Snoke deserved better, but hey, that's just that's <laughs> another movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I can see them building more realistic or possible for them to build more off of Ray, And kind of like how Marvel does its phases, you know, I mean, in this, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing about the last movie was that we're, this is the end of the Skywalker series. This is where this storyline is going mm-hmm. to come to completion. So, so why would they pull more Daisy Ridley in? Why would they, why would they do that? And I just, yeah. I don't understand why they would want to do more of it if they said that the Skywalker saga is now complete and done, because it seems like what they're doing is they're trying to apply the Marvel formula to Star Wars. Yeah, and that's, that's what it's working. Right. That's what I was thinking, too. I can yeah. tell you what it is. They're going to make the new movie trilogy exist in the same timeline as the holiday special. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they're going to do. Speaking of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Who? <laughs> <Hey. laughs> oh. hmm. This now exists between Betty Ford visits. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and and uh, for the, for our younger audience, in the event that you don't know what Betty Ford is, please uh, feel free to Google it, and then you will probably make a lot of sense. And then you can thank me whenever you go down the deep dark hole of Carrie Fisher's history mm-hmm. and how she came to be the the wonderful 
Den mother of Star Wars that mm-hmm. we know her now. She's got a great. Uh, it was a long, hard road. Yeah, yeah. She's got a great story there. Yeah, she does. And it's just sad that us we lost her way too soon. Yeah, I was. I was so looking forward to seeing her at a convention, being dressed as uh, Jake Blues be, uh, on my knees, begging her yes. not to kill me. That was that was one of my things. I so looked forward <laughs> oh. to at one point. Do not leave that woman at the altar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, the only thing I've got from Carrie is I've got an autographed photo of her that came from uh, the second Star Wars celebration. No, I'm never letting go of that photo. Yeah, she she was a treasure, but you know, just like a lot of uh, Hollywood kids, she had a troubled childhood and a troubled adulthood, and mm-hmm. yeah, she's human. I mean, like where you know, even they yeah. may be entertainers and all that stuff, but everybody's human at the end of the day. So I mean, yeah. You know. mm-hmm. So, guys, with everything getting back to normal, we might actually be able to do concerts now. Woohoo! One Coming up, it's going to be awesome. Oh, it would be fantastic. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about some favorite concert experiences you guys have had in the past? Well, for me. Oh, let us know, man. For, for me, hands down, the best concert live stage experience was Weird Al Yankovic seeing him twice that man can put on a show and a half mm-hmm. he gets out in the crowd and does things and it's weird out yeah. if you know weird Al, you know it's good and you know what he can pull off and he does it is mm-hmm. easily the stage presence number one for me weird Al yankovic uh but i went down uh the youtube rabbit hole uh this past week where i started watching you know i and i admitted that my secret music obsession is avril lavigne which I'll just go ahead and tell you this right now. 2008, uh, she came to the Phillips Arena, well, which is now State Farm Arena in Atlanta. And say 2008, I was, I was 32. Imagine 32-year-old me going and sneaking. Well, I didn't sneak. I went by myself. I just, <laughs> I went by myself to go to Avril's concert front row. And man, did I have a great time. And all <laughs> these mothers had their daughters there. And I'm just like, I look like super creep. <laughs> but I didn't care. And I got like some great up close photos of her actually like looking in the direction where it looks like she's looking at my camera. Maybe she was. I don't know. Maybe that's just a hope and a dream. But I've got some great <laughs> up close shots of Avril from that concert. And she put on a heck of a show. But uh, so there, there's my creep factor concert story. But I did go down the YouTube rabbit hole. Um, I was a radio DJ, started in 92, and that's been my favorite job of it. Most favorite job I've ever had is being a radio DJ. And of course, I got to go to several shows, got to go hang out backstage with Matchbox 20 and Everclear in Atlanta and things like that. But my all-time favorite band is Linkin Park. And so I got on their YouTube channel the other day and started rewatching some of their older stuff prior to Chester's death. And man, I tell you, that brought back a lot of memories. I was able to see Lincoln Park in 2007 and 2008 on their Project Revolution tours when they came to Atlanta to the, um, at the time it was Lakewood Amphitheater. I don't know what, I don't know if it's called anything different now, but uh, man, they put on a great show. And in 2008, they had Chris Cornell with them. Chris came out with Lincoln Park when they were singing Crawling and did a harmonic duet with with Chester. And oh my gosh, I've got the MP3s. You could go at that time and you could buy, you could give them 20 bucks and they gave you a Blink CD with the cover from that night's show in it. And oh, a couple of weeks after the show, 
you know, you, you paid for it there, you gave them your email address and they would email you the MP3s of that show. So I've got both the live Atlanta shows that I was at and man, to go back and listen to, to both Chris and Chester harmonize and on crawling. Oh my gosh. That was a magical night seeing those two guys together and then knowing, you know, knowing that they're both no longer with us. Yeah. Yeah. Lincoln Park is forever my favorite band, hands down, just because of how genuine they were with the fans and how, you know, they just hit, hit me at a time that was towards the end of my radio career that I had got to experience them and everything. It's uh Lincoln Park, definitely. Mm-hmm. All time favorite concerts, both of those. Buster Rhymes was supposed to be on that 08 mm-hmm. tour as well, but he had some uh, obligations. But they had a lot of great bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, My Chemical Romance, I remember, and I think they were in 07. Yeah. Atreyu was there. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Taking yeah, like Back Sunday. Are... Uh, I mean, there oh, were. Man. There were some great bands on that tour. We got to see so many great bands. I mean, it was, it was, they were all in the summer in Atlanta. So it was hot. I mean, Chester even said on stage in 07, he's like, you know, he's like, what's up with all these bugs in Atlanta during the summer? He says, hot and sweaty. And I think one of the, I think I just had a mosquito eat my baby, you know? (laughs) But yeah, I, I miss Chester. Mm-hmm. so much i miss mm-hmm. lincoln park so much i i loved every one of their albums uh even a couple there in the middle that were not received well you know that was a growing phase for them coming out of their mm-hmm. new metal phase and into their more mature music and yeah yeah i miss chester a whole bunch and i, I miss yeah. lincoln park and i would give anything to to have those experiences again but they'll never be yeah speaking on that uh you know brock mentioned chris cornell and um, I was actually fortunate enough to go to what will now be the last next to last concert that Soundgarden ever did. I actually was at the uh, showing at the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater um, was the one and only time I've ever seen Soundgarden or Chris Cornell live. And I'm absolutely fortunate that I was able to to see him because that man mm-hmm. just in his element and actually performing Soundgarden songs. And it was just something about the magic of how they had his, how they had his audio set up. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it just penetrated your body. And it was just, I mean, and he has an angelic voice anyway. Yeah. So that, I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. And then, you know, of course, you know, a week later uh, when they were doing their tour, I think it was in Detroit. That was when they, they found him after the, the show, mm-hmm. but that has gone down as, as probably my favorite concert. And honestly, you know, unlike Brock, who was, you know, like you said, he was up close and was able to see. I was about midways back um, in, in the amphitheater and uh, didn't really have really good seats. And it didn't matter. You you could feel his presence, his stage presence from the parking lot. It was that good. I mean, the, the guy was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you ask, ask anybody else here, I'm a huge Chris Cornell fan. Yeah. I love Chris Cornell. I have artwork of his in my living room. I have a uh, a large sound wave that I had com- commissioned mm-hmm. that is the opening verse from Burden in My Hand. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's, you know, Soundgarden and just the grunge era and, and Soundgarden in particular is what kind of hooked me back when, you know, when Bo and I were kids, you know, right. when we were <laughs> in our, in our, in our teens, you know, that was kind of the formative years for us. So like, you know, grunge was everything then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, yep. um, Nirvana, 
Those yeah. were those were the big ones. Yeah, yeah. Nineties um, alternative rock is what will probably be my favorite mm-hmm. genre. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I had a lot of is. good experiences of concerts during that particular time frame too. Yeah, so I agree with y'all on that. I was fortunate. Why don't you tell us about it, uh, Jessica? Oh well. (laughs) Well, why? Yeah. Well, okay. Look, my my taste in music is so broad. I fall under that "don't judge me" category. You never know what you're going to find when you hit one of my playlists. My very first concert was Bruce Springsteen here in Birmingham during the Born in the USA era. Uh, I've gone to uh, (laughs) I've gone to numerous New Kids on the Block concerts in my teen years <laughs> no brock, brock. <laughs> look brock, brock, look guys we're on video right now and brock is literally shaking his head back and forth <laughs> just let a new kid's song come on the radio that's and i turn it no he does not uh, no <laughs> he wants to turn it but i don't let him turn it she has a she has a second degree black belt i don't touch the dial when okay but, but brock look at some of the boy bandish stuff that came after new kids on the block new kids on the block really wasn't that bad yes thank you kevin thank you <laughs> they really were that. i mean compared to some of the stuff that came after they're really not that bad I was, I, I was in the eighth grade my girlfriend at that time was so obsessed with them and that's that's really what turned me off because <laughs> i'm just like really these guys I would say that I guess my probably my first fandom was probably New Kids on the Block. Uh, there's no telling. My parents spent millions of dollars on merchandise and posters and <laughs> magazines and shirts and concert tickets. So uh, they spent a, a very small fortune on acquiring those things for me. And uh, hey, uh, maybe one day I'll uh, with with our toy collecting, maybe I will be able to uh Get back all the dolls that I once had. Oh, but anyway, man. we're gonna we're gonna get back on the uh, concert discussion here. <laughs> um, but yeah, during the nineties, I I had a chance to go see a lot of a lot of great bands, Nirvana and Foo Fighters and Bush. Just a really great time in my life to be able to go to concerts and experience those that music of that time. I love concerts that put on a show and that. Uh, you know, the artist not only, you know, singing, but entertaining. I've had a, you know, chance to see Kiss multiple times. Always put on a great show. I got to see Pink in Birmingham. And I guess this kind of builds to my nerd side or my geek size. But to me, the fan base that is the Parrot Heads at a Jimmy Buffett concert <laughs> is overall one of the best experiences. Uh, boat drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Boys in the band or the boat drinks. <laughs> no, DMCA strike. <laughs> <laughs> Fins up, everybody. Fins up. Uh, you go to a Jimmy Buffett show, people are dressed up like pirates. You know, you got guys with the coconut bras and the grass skirts. The atmosphere and the experience of those concerts. It's just a it's just a good time. It's a it's a party atmosphere. It's just a laid back. Yes wonderful experience and i'm so thankful i i grew up as a i'm a daughter of a parrot head so it's yeah. in my blood it is this is coursing through my veins and you know, uh, any, anybody that's ever heard of like rocky horror picture show and you know you go to rocky horror picture exactly. show and everybody's dressed up yes if you've never been to a jimmy buffett concert it's like that but with like tropical theme yes. and things that are themed to his songs exactly it is amazing so, you know, if you're, you love, you know, if you're like us and you love the, the convention environments and the cosplays and things like that, then a Jimmy <laughs> Buffett concert 
experiences for you. Maybe I'll get a chance, hopefully, to uh, to bring Brock along. Hopefully, Jimmy will get back out. I know he's back out on the road. He's getting back mm-hmm. out there, too, uh, back at performing and uh, playing some shows. So uh, hopefully he'll get back around to Birmingham again. The first time I saw him was at Jazz Fest in New Orleans. And uh, then he probably about a year after Jazz Fest, he had come back to Birmingham. It had been years since he had been to Birmingham. So we got to go to that at the Civic Center. And then maybe a year or two after that one, he uh, came back to Birmingham again and played at Oak Mountain. Also, one of the best concert experiences that I've ever had is also when I got to see Elton John and Billy Joel together in the face-to-face. Oh, Brock. Oh, he's, wow. still, he's so jealous of me for that. I, I, was working, I was working at a radio station in Tuscaloosa that night when they were in Birmingham, and I couldn't come because I was on the air. And I'll tell you how I got tickets for that show. I won them off of the radio. Not my station. No, not your station. <laughs> um, because I wouldn't have given them to you. No, <laughs> I would not have given those away. I'm like, look, boss, I'm sorry. Well, that that was uh, when I found out that year that they were coming because they'd always they'd always played in Atlanta. It never really could ever get a chance to go see them in Atlanta. And finally, I hear they come to Birmingham. Magic ninety six here in Birmingham had a contest where. They had spliced together Billy Joel songs, and you had to identify each song in in the mix. Well, nobody could get that opening riff to Only the Good Die Young. Everybody was missing that one. And, you know, I was able to keep going back and listening and listening. This is a time when you could still record stuff. So I had mm-hmm. a chance to record it and, and listen to the playback, and I finally got through and I got it. Everybody kept missing only the good die young, but I got it. And I want my concert tickets. So Jessica is a musical savant. (laughs) She she is her her brain. I, yeah, it's amazing to, to when she gets to talking about music and identifying different music and artists and songs and facts about them. It's amazing to sit down and listen to her. It was always my goal to get on rock and roll jeopardy. I hate that never worked (laughs) out for me. (laughs) I would sit there and, and, at the time, people would watch me, sit there, watch me watching this, and I'm getting it. And they're like, "We, you got to get on this show. You got to get on. It's like, I'd love to get on this show. I'd love to be on Rock and Roll Jeopardy. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's some of my concert experiences. And also, uh, I was fortunate enough to go see Huey Lewis in the news a couple of years ago. And I'm really glad for that as well, because hopefully, I know Huey's had some uh, medical issues that has uh, presented, him, presented him from being able to perform. And uh, I, I hope that he gets better from that and he's able to go back on a road because he, it's just, it's, I can't imagine what that's been like for him yeah. to, to yeah. be in that position. I saw him down in Montgomery and I, and saw him uh, for my birthday, him and, uh, mm. and Joe Cocker in Atlanta one year. That was fantastic. That was right before Joe Cocker died. Yeah. I just, I, I have a broad taste of music. I have a very, wide range of my likes and music mm-hmm. Bo puts That's on his good. own concerts though with the rock band yes yes oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, like i said my concert experience like i said i think i have the the best flex i can do of anyone here probably it was probably if i want to say it's the one i remember first my first live concert experience was seeing the teenage mutant ninja turtles coming out of their shells to yes. live uab bartow <laughs> arena Oh man, like, <laughs> it, it, like I said, I have the the the, tape, the VHS tapes they put out, you know, not long afterwards from the Radio City of Music Hall. So I, but like that was pretty cool. <laughs> like I, I, st- I have vague memories of it. I remember it, you know. <laughs> but I, it was really good. 
I, I brought home that had the souvenir light sword. It was a, mm-hmm. I had a black <laughs> handle, orange sword, and I had light head coming out of their shells tour on it. Mm-hmm. Which that's still, that's like, that's probably one of my favorite experiences I remember. Where is it? Probably in my old toy box or deteriorated years ago. I have an old <laughs> toy box of mine that I got from our old house. I've got to go through and clean it up. I mm-hmm. may still have the handle of it. I know the I know the plastic on the sword, it deteriorated years ago. Oh. But it may still be in there. If it does, I will po- post a picture and tweet it. But that uh but really like I said, I really just started doing mini concerts there for a while. But as we were talking about, we're fans of nineties alternative type stuff. I've seen corn twice. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went, the crowd was exactly as I expected it to be, which I was yep. was completely not dressed like, which is fine. Did you go see Corn when they came to Birmingham with Rob Zombie? No, I see okay. Rob is what Rob is one of my concerts I really want to see. I've not seen him. I want to see really because I yeah, did I go. See Rob, I went yeah, to seen, that. I've one. seen Rob and, and Marilyn Manson together. That was pretty cool. Oh, I'm sure. I, like I said, uh, I saw Corn. It was Corn. I, I think it's I believe it's Breaking Benjamin mm-hmm. I've seen them multiple times together yeah Breaking Benjamin Breaking Benjamin is one of my favorite my my wife and I's favorite band probably together we love listening to Breaking Benjamin we've seen them like we went to uh, Nashville a couple of years ago and we saw Vin Sevenfold Breaking Benjamin and Bullet for My Valentine they were all together mm-hmm. cool thing about the uh, Vin Sevenfold which my wife loves Vin Sevenfold I love them too uh, it was the opening leg of their the the stage tour that was their their uh, album at the time. But uh, they were in Nashville. They did a duet cover version of "Wish You Were Here." It was uh, M Shadows and Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. Oh, oh, it, Hailstorm! Yeah. I, w- I want you wow. to know, Lizzie Hale might be one of my favorite vocalists in music right oh, yeah. now. Or I mean, she is incredible. She yeah. can wail like mm-hmm. like the, her. Ba- they did a cover of Lady Gaga's "Bad Romance," and I actually like that better than the Gaga's. Which oh, if you haven't listened no. to, do yourself a favor and listen to it. Which that, that brings me to another thing with music. I've been discovering so many cool covers. Like I just today while I was mowing the grass, this shows you how I'm old. I'm listening to my rock metal station while I'm cutting grass. And all that <laughs> remains did a cover of Garth Brooks, The Thunder Rolls, and it's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to see Garth too in concert, you know. <laughs> Garth is another one I would love to see. I did get a chance to go see him. My pinnacle of music happened probably two years ago when I got to see my favorite band. I discovered them in my teens, so about 14 or 15. I know it was, I'm trying to think around when Reload came out. That was my introduction to them, but then I went back and listened. But Metallica, finally mm-hmm. got to see them live for the first time two years ago. I've been waiting. Since, they came, not I think, on that same tour when Reload came out, but I was a teenager in high school, and you know my parents were not going to let me go out to a, a metal concert in the <laughs> middle of the week. So I kept waiting for them to come closer. Well, they toured Europe a lot, and then they came to Atlanta, but I never could go. Well, they did a tour, and I was fortunate enough. They decided to pick Birmingham. First time they've been to Birmingham since the mid to late nineties, right? And I got to see them, and it was so wonderful. It was (laughs) like, even though I was in the nosebleeds, really the nosebleeds of the of the BJCC is really not bad for a concert, especially when it's they're set up in the middle. Mm -hmm. But like you know, you got uh, Brock was talking about how you got the copy of the concert. Well, that was the cool thing about it is uh, you had to go to Metallica's website and they had a code on your ticket. You could download a mm-hmm. digital copy of the of the uh, the concert. So I have that concert on my phone and on my computer. They did record it, and ever so often they release like video clips on their YouTube channel. I'm hoping one day maybe they'll release a whole video of the concert. Yeah, I'll pay money. For, you know, I'll, 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 I'll gladly buy it. I mean, like I said, Metallica is my favorite band. Love them, love them, love them. Even even though they did Saint Anger, but you know, whatever. That's another discussion. But <laughs> it was finally good to get that bucket hey. part of my bucket list taken care of. Hey, Metallica got me kicked off Napster. 
And I am still not forgiving him for that, okay? Look, and all I, I had, I didn't Napster even have any bad. Metallica albums. Yeah. I had the Metallica's the the intro, the the warm up they did with Star Wars when they did the Star Wars theme. I had no Metallica music whatsoever, and because it said Metallica, I got kicked off Napster. <laughs> I still haven't forgiven him for that. Well, look. Like I said, I agree. They did. They they took the heat for it, even though they were they took the heat of it. I mean, it wasn't just them. I mean, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, I understand. It was in the rights to do that. I mean, it, that, yeah. it, it was it was Lars being the vocal one, and nobody likes Lars. That's so true. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of your mom not letting you go to that concert, my mom took me and, the, and my buddy Jimmy from high school. She dropped us off at Garrett Coliseum in Montgomery back when we were in high school in the early nineties. It was uh, three five seven Jodeci and MC Hammer. <laughs> oh, wow. that's awesome. my mom. My mom was such a sport. She sat in the truck. It was just me and Jimmy that had the tickets. My mom went and sat in our truck in the parking lot of this concert. Jimmy and I were about halfway up, and we were throwing up peace signs to Hammer when he was on stage, and he threw one back at us, and we were like, "Oh, this is great! We're, we're Hammer's peace brothers." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We came back out. Mom was just like, so how was it? Like, it was good. She goes, I've been bored. <laughs> like, another, Sorry, Mom, but thank you so much. Another concert I'm salty I missed because I couldn't go as a week night was when the Wallflowers, when they when their first album came out, Breaking Down the Horse. I mm-hmm. really wanted to see them live because that's like one of my favorite alternative albums. That is yeah. a great album. So, like, I remember that. I was like in 11th grade and I could not go. But it was like I was I had a, a classmate went and <laughs> had to pour salt in the wound. But, you know, it was it was he told me but it was good. But that was another one I hate I missed. Well, the Wallflowers are supposed to be coming back uh, to Birmingham yep. next year with with Match 20 say, in 2022. Yeah, we're going. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be like there. Yeah. It was got scheduled. Yeah. 2020 happened. Then it got rescheduled. Now it's getting rescheduled again. So. Right. And of course. It's a work day for me, so, <laughs> oh, so school, 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 school nights, the work days, so may have to. Yeah. So, so hey, I was going to ask you guys, um, so far as concerts go, which concert have you been to that you felt like had the best stage presence, like the, the best lead um, or the best stage oh. presence of all? I have, I have one, but I want to know what you guys are going to say. Mine has been, it was the Crawfish Bowl a couple of years ago with uh, Allison Chains. I cannot think of the gentleman who sings now, the lead singer. William Duvall. Yeah, he has been probably overall probably like he he he's done such a wonderful job taking mm-hmm. over as the lead man job. So I have to say probably him has been my the one I've enjoyed wow. the most. And you know he's not even the lead singer. He he's not the lead. He's actually the backup singer. And oh wow! It, even that he took over Lane's spot. Yeah, as 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 the pseudo lead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's Jerry Cantrell is actually yeah, the lead singer. So so Jerry Cantrell is actually the lead singer of the group. Whenever you hear any of their new music, it's him singing the lead, and Duvall is actually singing anything that yeah. would have normally have been Lane. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I, I enjoy Allison Chains, but I'm mm-hmm. not very uh, very savant of it, I guess, or you know, very educated about it. I just yeah. There you go. I, that's why I have you for. So <laughs> I like their songs, but I haven't dev down the rabbit hole of all the the backstory. So so that that was your that was your big one. Yeah, that's one I've enjoyed the most. Where I'm like, "Holy crap, this guy is!" I guess you know, yeah. the, the the presence. What about you, Jessica? I've been sitting here, honestly, just trying trying to go through every <laughs> every concert that I've. You, I've I know been one to. stood out to you. I know one, at least one of them stood out to you. Which one do you think? It's one of the new kids on the block. Oh. Stop. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I well, you know, at that time in my life, yeah, there was there was nobody better than New Kids on the Block, hands down. But uh, oh man, Kevin, you put me on the spot. That's like asking me what my favorite band is or what my favorite song is. Well, or you don't have to have a favorite. It's okay. Oh, How about you, Brock? How oh, you, Brock? Oh, you got we're, one? Weird, weird Al. I mean, we're just okay. that that stage show that he puts on is unlike anything you'll ever see in person at a concert. That man mm-hmm. is phenomenal to watch. Yeah. And all I definitely co- want to see him one day. All, all the costume changes yeah. he does. Yeah. I mean, he goes through. I mean, he puts on his his suit from fat. I mean, he comes out mm-hmm. there and does that. And he, of course, comes out on the Segway doing white and nerdy. And <laughs> uh, he, he does it all. He is a bucket list for me, too. I hope. I hope that one day I get to see him. And I know he went out on tour, you know, recently and was doing a lot of the um, orchestra. The, the, yeah. yeah. And, and doing a lot of the deep tracks, not, not mm-hmm. the well-known stuff. And he wasn't going to be doing, you know, the costumes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope he gets back around and does another tour like that. And we have a chance to go see him. I don't mean to drag this on too long, but I do have another Elton John concert story that i feel is worth sharing at the moment if y'all don't mind she's still standing let her go (laughs) so the first time that elton came back to birmingham in 96 there was you know this was of course the time when you had to go stand in line for concert tickets uh they knew the demand was going to be massive so you had to go to i went to magic platter over in that was over in hoover at the time um, you went to go get your um, your wristband. It's you come back on the day that the tickets went and sell to get in line. You lined up by the number of your wristband. So the lottery was drawn. And if you had the, you know, they drew the number. So if you were the whatever number you were, you were the first person in line. Well, everybody that was in front of you had to go to the back. But everybody behind whoever, you know, the first number was, you know, they they moved your place in line. Well, fortunately, I was in the first group. Uh, the person that got selected as number one, I was lined up, you know, in the, I was not too far behind them. Uh, this concert sold out and they had, a, I want to say, you know, in less than three minutes, this concert was gone. Wow. The tickets were gone. So while we were there, they had a lady from Birmingham News there talking to people. So she got to talking to me and uh, she talked with me afterwards. I had got the tickets and then she called me and was like, hey, I want to follow up with some of the people that got tickets and, you know, all that do an article about it. You know, the whole process of getting the tickets and everything. So she actually came out to my house and brought a photographer out and I laid out all my Elton albums and CDs and she got a picture of me holding the tickets. Okay, great. Fantastic. So we found out that the article is going to come out on said day. So I go down to the newspaper stand to get <laughs> the, what the are those? <laughs> to get the paper, knowing this article is coming out. Guess who's on the front page of the Birmingham News <laughs> holding her holding her Elton John tickets surrounded by her Elton John merchandise? This chick right here. That's awesome. So um I do have the article saved. Maybe uh, we can, once the podcast airs, maybe this is something we can share on the podcast page of my front page exposure holding my Elton John tickets. Or this was when he did the big picture tour. So both of my Elton John concert experiences come with a good story. But I would awesome. say I would say Elton Elton probably is one of the top ones, I would think. If, you, if I had to choose one, Kevin, I would go with Elton. Hands nice. down. So mine... 
would be this, this one. This one's one that's always stuck with me is when Robert Plant actually toured with Alison Krauss for a album they released back in 2007 called uh, Raising Sand. I had, you know, most folks I've never seen. Well, I mean, a lot of old folks have seen Led Zeppelin, and I had never seen Robert Plant in concert. That guy, it's like he can just stand there on stage, and he's got this magnetism to him. I have never, I mean, even, I mean, I'm a huge Chris Cornell fan. He doesn't hold a candle so far as stage presence to Robert Plant. That guy is phenomenal. And and it, it was like, uh, I mean, I love Allison Krauss. It was the first time I'd ever seen her as well. She was like a backup singer. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and she's phenomenal as well. And their song, um, Gone, Gone, Gone. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard that mm-hmm. that song. It was a it was a it was a pretty big hit uh when it when it came out back in uh 2007, 2008. But that concert, I wasn't even in a good uh, a good seat, but it didn't matter. As soon as he came out on stage, it was like, okay, this guy is everything. And I, and I left enjoying the concert, but going, man, I would have loved to have seen Led Zeppelin. Yeah. It made me think I, I just had to complete. I can't believe I didn't even think about it. I completely brain farted that whole entire thing. I saw a page and plant when they did their tour in the early 2000s, the page and plant. Whoa. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, why did I completely forget that? I guess I was so worried about. So, you know, the you're, you're like, you're like me. As we talk about this, I keep thinking yeah, of all no. the concerts I've been to. We could. Yeah, oh, my page, God. You, you actually this. saw him. Oh, yeah, man. him and Jimmy Page. Yeah, like it was the Walking Out of Clarksdale tour. That was mm. early 2000. I'll say it's 2000 or 2001. <sighs> and that was the closest thing I got to see with Zeppelin. And it was like a religious experience. Yes, <laughs> yes but I, very much but so. I, but I was denied Stairway. <laughs> but, I, but I'm completely okay with that because they played, they played Heartbreaker Live, which is probably one of my favorite Zeppelin songs. Probably Heartbreaker mm-hmm. or Thank You. Those are mm-hmm. tied for my two Zeppelin songs. But well, like I, Heartbreaker I, was like... The guitar solo, like Jimmy, yeah, Lord. Mm. like yeah, I, 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 I forgot that. That's what made me think. Yeah, the plant, and yeah, that I would say, yeah, plant might be. Yeah, I agree. yeah, yeah he's he's his stage presence. I uh, I don't. I have never been to a concert. I mean, maybe Steven Tyler's up there too with Aerosmith. Yeah, he's really got a really good stage presence, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have that magnetism that mm-hmm. Robert Plant has. It's like you just can't not look at him. I mean, he's just yeah. he's just. There's something about it, but it's like he's got some kind of weird juju or something where he just like makes you look at him. It's like it's like it was when I was at that concert, it was like, oh, well, Allison Krauss is here, too. But Robert Plant, (laughs) which is funny. Me and you're oozing about Robert Plant while I see over here while Brock is kind of like. (laughs) So good. I'm I'm loving the stories. (laughs) We're going to leave that out. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah yeah plan yeah plan definitely yeah that was yeah, I feel I, I hate I forgot I that makes me mad I didn't think about talking about during my thing. Well, it's, let me ask you guys one yeah. one artist one artist mm-hmm. one band you've never seen that would be a bucket list for you. Um, mine's actually old, but I would love to have gone to see a any performance any concert from John Philip Sousa. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Stone Temple Pilots with Scott Weiland. That's a good that one. might be nice. that be might, might be the one because like core core is one of my top five albums. So yeah, but Jess, Jessica on the spot again. Yeah, Jess will know exactly what mine is. Go ahead with yours, Brock. Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've had the opportunity and have not been able to jump on it. 
And Genesis, no, Genesis, Genesis yeah. is touring in the U.S. again, nowhere near the Southeast. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> they don't want to be near us honkies. Uh. <laughs> 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 three white British guys. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i would love it. phil when the film will start we did his comeback tour and he was oh what was he was on one of the late night talk shows and i'm sorry he you know because he's gotten older he did not sound the same and that that honestly that's what kept me seeing him perform right before his comeback tour uh, a couple of two or three years ago is what kept me from buying tickets to see him because I didn't want to see him and remember him from that performance in his younger days. I love the thing you're talking about, Phil Collins. I don't know if y'all have seen it. The guy playing the piano that's on fire and they're talking about the Tarzan soundtrack. It's like, Phil, you don't have to hit it so hard. And the guy's sitting <laughs> oh, there yeah. playing piano with, a, with, with it on fire. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, this this might be surprising, but actually, the the more I think about it, Aerosmith. I haven't seen Aerosmith, and I would like to have a chance to see them live. I have seen them twice in concert, and their concert is phenomenal. That was actually the the so far as rock concerts. My first rock concert was actually um, Get a Grip. Okay. Oh wow! That that my, get a that, grip. Oh that that was the era. That my was Aerosmith. Aerosmith era. I agree. My it was, so, so I went and saw Get a Grip and I saw Nine Lives, <gasps> to, okay. which in my opinion was her, to me, which is my opinion is our last good album. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. No, nope. thank you, great. mom. If mom's listening, thank you for taking me to those concerts because it started everything. My my parents have been fortunate to see them many times in concert, but I never have uh, the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones would be there another one for yep. me. Yeah. They'll be around another twenty years. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You got Let, time. Heath Richards is going to outlive us all. Anyway. Let's let's hope. Let's hope. What kind of world? I mean, are it, we and leave and even after Betty that, White and Keith Richards. <laughs> well, you know, and even after that, they'll they'll have them set up like the Chuck E. Cheese Bears at the, at the front, where they'll be animatronic. And they'll still be they'll be in the the retirement home singing through the animatronic bears. You know. <laughs> Like Bill and, and, and face it'll the be the bears with Keith Richards. You know, he'll <laughs> still be there. <laughs> that guy's immortal. <laughs> oh, well, we have, uh, we've had a blast tonight. This has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking about all this and I guess we're going to, we're going to wrap it up and we've got, I think some pretty good ideas that we can touch on again in the future, mm-hmm. a little bit more in depth. And uh, if you guys want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we would certainly appreciate that. If, like I said last time, if you don't enjoy us, just we don't exist. It's okay. <laughs> Please don't leave us a bad review. Yeah. <laughs> and we've, we've gotten we've gotten some ratings. We, I don't think we've seen a review yet, but but thank you so much for uh, for mm-hmm. leaving us the the good at least the ratings on iTunes and um, you know search us out on social media everywhere at Bama Geeks. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on YouTube. And I got some ideas in the hopper where we can start doing the video version where you can actually see us. Woohoo! Whether you want to or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we got some plans to actually make it a full fledged uh, a video podcast for you on YouTube. But until then, just go click on our picture and get to stare at us for however long we speak. 
But, but we can't thank you guys enough. We received a lot of great feedback uh, from friends and from listeners. Uh, or email bamageeks at gmail.com. And we've gotten some private messages on our social media and some public messages. And we really appreciate everything you guys are saying. We're having a blast doing this. You know, we, we turn these out every couple of weeks. That gives us a chance to sit down and not watch what we are planning to watch and review <laughs> um, during that time, which, hey, like I said, we're going to get to it. But we thank you so much for joining us and giving us your time and attention. We know it's precious and we appreciate the fact that you want to spend a little bit of it with us. Absolutely. And we hope we can entertain you. Because we've been entertaining each other for years. That's why we decided to sit down and have these conversations in a public setting because we have them in private. So, hey, why not share the fun? There you go. Look for us, uh, again, social media, at Bama Geeks everywhere. And for my family here, my Bama Geeks family, if you guys want to say goodbye, I don't know. Let's try to wrap this thing up, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we'll become professional at this one day. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for uh, for listening and for your support. I like Stay the classy old, San Diego. Yeah, sound like the old is it the bottles and James. We thank you for your support. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go get on our rocking chairs on that note. Yeah, yeah, for you youngins, look at that commercial. But thank you guys. <laughs> we, uh, YouTube is a wonderful thing. Go find them. <laughs> well, thanks so much, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.